Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning Feng Shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. today we're going to get into what are called your lucky directions. Sometimes they're called favorable and unfavorable directions. Sometimes they're called power directions. Sometimes they're called eight mansions. So today we're going to talk all about eight mansions feng shui. What is it? How do you use it? Welcome to today's episode on Eight Mansions Feng Shui. I'm your host, Candace Berlanga, certified Feng Shui practitioner and red ribbon professional with the International Feng Shui Guild. So today I, I have a hard time sometimes trying to relay information in a very technical way because of classical Feng Shui can be very technical and sometimes just hard to uh, kind of make it usable, I suppose. So I want to really help make it usable for you. Uh, one of the easiest ways to do this is to use what are called your uh, favorable and unfavorable directions. I've struggled a little bit with how to bring this to the show. Um, and so it kind of occurred to me, I updated a blog post that I did a few years ago um, called Favorable and Unfavorable Directions, Eight Mansions and Gua Numbers. And so I will, of course, link to that in the show notes. And so I thought, why not just read the blog post, you know, kind of cover it that way and uh, maybe add some clarity to it. So Eight Mansions or Favorable and Unfavorable Directions really is one of the most simple, kind of easiest practical ways you can apply feng shui. And so here, um, I'll just read verbatim from the, the website here. It says, no doubt you may have heard the term if you're searching feng shui, eight mansions being gua, right? And so inevitably you'll come up with an article that mentions the term favorable and unfavorable directions, eight mansions, eight palaces, or even botsai. Sometimes it's called B-A-Z-H-I. And so that's not to be confused with the four pillars, which is botsai. So this is botsai. Okay, so if you're starting with feng shui and you want to take it to the next level, most people do cha- choose to do eight mansions. You know, that's kind of the one you'll you'll start to look at, right? Um, it's a simple system that allows you to use what are called favorable and unfavorable directions. And so I did note here, please note there may be an error in the system. I don't use the system a lot, but I'm really just trying to relate this information. So. Uh, I get a lot of questions about it. And so if anyone, you know, finds a discrepancy, I'm I'm sure you'll let me know, right? Is the case uh, as the online of online culture today. <laughs> so let's get into eight mansions and looking at well, how to apply it and what it means. And before I go on, I'm not really going to get into how this number is determined based on the year. It's a little bit of numerology, but basically if you just go to the plotter on the website or um, you look up gua numbers and for, you know, any, any site, but it, it'll actually give you, give you directions, but the plotter on the website in Chinese Metasoft, um, that, that plotter there, it just, it, it'll give you the gua number and it'll tell you, you know, you're a one, two, three, you know, four, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. So make it easy on yourself and just go to the plotter if you're curious. 
So eight mansions is basically looking at eight different types of energy that impact you in different ways. Four of these energies are said to be supportive and four are generally considered to be negative. And these energies are determined based on the year you were born and your gender. So this gives you what is called a personal gua number, sometimes called a mingua or sometimes gua, K-U-A, it's spelled, or G-U-A. So a lot of these times these terms are just interchangeable and sometimes they are spelled or pronounced differently depending on which a teacher you are studying with. So if you hear this term, you know, you don't have to, you know, be confused, right? Okay. So this gua number, I call it a gua number. Okay. So this gua number is like a personal energy number. This number does kind of sort you into one to two categories. So East group or West group. And here on the website, I, I think I'm hilarious. I says kind of, I said kind of like the sorting hat on Harry Potter. So instead of being sorted into one of the houses and you're actually just sorted into an East or West group and what that's called, you know, what that kind of uh, entails. So this number then assigns you four quote unquote best directions and four negative directions. So you can then use the good directions to position yourself within any location that you spend time in. So it's really nice because you can position yourself um, to face this way in any space you may be in. Okay, so you can orient yourself within any location, which is the nice thing about using this. And they're sometimes referred to as power directions. So you position yourself facing one of these best directions to benefit from the positive and supportive energy. So before we go on, there is actually two different ways to look at the favorable and unfavorable direction. And one is your personal direction and the other is uh, the, your house gua. And so remember the two are two different things. So you have your own personal directions and your house has its own personal directions. And so just like people, homes do have an energy signature also. And according to the eight mansions, a home can be categorized into eight different types of homes and also assigned a gua number. And this is called the house gua. So this assigns the home its own energy with also four lucky and then four unlucky sectors or locations within your home. So remember that is different than your personal gua. And so I think a lot of people get confused because like I'll see a lot of questions or I'll have come across questions that will say something like, you know, I, I'm sleeping in the West and the West is one of my unfavorable directions. So even though the West might be one of your unfavorable directions, maybe the West sector within your home in your house wall is a favorable direction. So maybe it's, you know, one of the life generating areas or something. And so if you are sleeping in a sector that is not you, you know, it's, it's one of your unfavorable directions. You have to also check the house wall. And not only that, this is what makes eight mansions very easy to use because even if you're sleeping in a quote unquote negative sector within your home or one of your unfavorable directions, all you have to do now is reposition the bed so that you're sleeping facing one of your favorable directions. So it's remember there's a difference between location and position. So you can position yourself within any room to face one of your favorable directions. As mentioned, your home has a, a guad number 
um, and it is sorted into four lucky and four unlucky sectors or directions within your home. A finding your house squawk can be fairly easy, and this is what makes the system pretty easy to use, is that you don't have to have a specific compass reading of your home, unlike things like flying stars or just some different systems of, of feng shui, where it has to be a very accurate, a precise reading. Uh, eight Mansions actually doesn't have to have that. You just have to know whether your home faces north, south, east, or west, uh, or, you know, northwest, southwest, northeast or southeast. So you just have to know it faces one of those eight directions. And again, it faces one of the eight directions, hence the name eight mansions. So we're, we, you're going to actually just take a compass maybe and determine whether your house, you know, faces which direction it faces. And so now that we've determined the facing direction, say, I'm just going to use north to keep it simple. Say it faces north. We actually use the, the sitting direction of the home. So if your home faces north, it's going to sit south. And so uh, you just have to kind of kind of remember that. It's at, it is adding a little bit of a step, but the house squad is actually going to be the sitting of your home. So again, just looking at north-south orientation, my home faces north, it sits south. It is a Gua 9 home. It is a south sitting home. Do you know there is a difference between the door facing and the home facing? And I know there is homes that I think people get confused on this a little bit. If your door, um, some people, you know, your door might face east, but your home's oriented north, okay? And so one way to kind of think about this is to just think about where you would place a realtor sign if your house was up for sale. And this is usually the front of the, the home, okay? And so again, if you have a home uh, that has a door, either on the side or sometimes a door may be tilted or oriented a different way. That's, it's not the door direction. It's going to be the direction that the building is facing. So just going over the kind of direction that your home faces. If you have a home that uh, faces east, northeast, southeast, or southwest, that's going to be the West Group home. And I do have some graphics on my website. You can just go again to that link to follow along a little bit easier if you need to. Um, and if you have an East Group house, your house is going to be facing west, south, northwest, or north. So those are kind of easy ways to determine also. So go ahead and go check that out on the website if you want to implement the system of feng shui. So now that you've determined whether your house is the East or West group, again, just like we break up a home into eight different sectors for, you know, to, to kind of apply feng shui, again, you can break up the home into eight different sectors and it'll give you four favorable sectors within the home and four unfavorable sectors within the home. And so now all you do is, you know, you kind of look at where your bedroom's at, where the most important things are, your office and your front door, and you kind of see if those are in the favorable directions and you, you know kind of set yourself there um, again if you happen to have a sector in your home that you're sleeping in um, say you're sleeping in one of the unfavorable sector areas um, all you need to do is position yourself now in the room and so you can then position your bed in a good uh, position within the room to support your eight mansions now that I'm going back through my my this article here that I wrote, um, it does have directions for the Gua number, so you can actually just find it at the bottom. 
<laughs> so kind of going back to the idea of, I forgot what I wrote, right? So kind of going back to the idea of your own personal GUA numbers. Remember, you have four personal uh, GUA numbers that um, for you are going to be good. Um, and then also you are divided into the East and West group. So if you are a GUA number two, six, seven, or eight, your favorable directions are Northeast, West, Northwest, and Southwest. Um, and your unfavorable directions are east, southeast, south, and north. So those are going to be if you are a GUA 2, 6, 7, or 8 again. If you are east group, you're going to be the GUA 1, 3, 4, and 9. And your favorable directions are going to be southeast, east, north, and south. And your unfavorable directions will be west, northeast, northwest, and southwest. So what are the favorable directions now that we went through all that? Like what, why are they favorable? Why are they unfavorable? Like, what are they? So let's look at what the four favorable directions mean, how you can use them and what the four unfavorable directions mean and how you can use them. So all of this technical information isn't any good if we don't know what the eight mansions terms mean. And so I've kind of put off talking about this because I want to refer to it all together. So eight mansions terms. So again, you have four lucky directions, four unlucky directions. And so the lucky directions, are, of course, all have names. So the life generating or Shang Chi is uh, essentially the element of wood. And um, here it says, or what I wrote here, it just says, despite its name, this is a life generating area and it's best left to activities that have to do with work or creativity and so it's considered an active area therefore more useful for work and less conductive to sleeping so you don't want to be sleeping in your xing chi area okay so use this for anything related to improving performance and even studying like we talked about studying um, a couple weeks ago so it's said to govern wealth success and business and in a business you can actually locate your door desk or cash register in the xing chi sector um, again, if you need to have that creative thought of, and you really want to start thinking, you know, you want to start getting your mind going, you want to be using the Xing Qi or life generating sector, or then you can uh, use this air, this energy to position yourself facing your Xing Qi or life generating area. So that's how you apply it and use it. The next is the heavenly doctor or your Qianyi. It's the element of earth. And unlike the previous, the heavenly doctor is what it sounds like. So this area is good to use for health related activities, rest and recuperation. You can also store like your medicine in this area. Okay. So it's said that this area governs the presence also of helpful people or noblemen in your life. And you can likewise use the area for improving speech, communication and persuading others. So again, you can position yourself if you're able to in a meeting, you know, or on a phone call. And it's said to offer that kind of support also. And again, it's supposed to be very effective for health and it is supposed to be a good area to position your bed in. So you can either use the Tiani, your heavenly doctor sector of your home, or you can face the area or position your bed there if you're having some health issues. And again, it's said to be just very effective. And this is actually one that's said to work fairly quickly. The next favorable direction is going to be called longevity and it's called yan yan and it's the element of metal. And again, names are kind of deceiving. We know within Chinese metaphysics, right? So again, uh, yeah, so it's just a good place to sleep. It has more to do with relationships and networking and the, this sector in your home does govern this energy. And so you can use the sector for promoting good relationships at home and a business if you can find it within your 
office, right? Or again, you can position yourself in your longevity sector to promote good relationships and it's supposed to govern harmony. So use it for this purpose. Next is your stability or Fu Wei and it's the element of wood. And this sector is supposed to be excellent for prayer meditation. You can set up a altar in the sector of your home. It's supposed to also be good for like a library or study room. And so kind of, it's kind of different than the life generating and that it doesn't really cause you to like sit and think a lot, but it's rather supposed to be a place of quiet reflection for absorbing information. Okay. So it's good to be a, a study room area and it's said to govern stability and peace of mind. If you are stressed out, it's said that you can place yourself um, facing your stability direction and it's supposed to help with stress. Likewise, you can use the sector of your home as mentioned for things like prayer, meditation, and um, you know, positioning yourself in if you feel a little bit stressed out at home. So it's also a good place um, to, uh, not really to sleep, but to spend some time if you just need some quiet contemplation. Now let's get the lowdown on the unfavorable or unlucky directions. So um, these are areas you're just going to want to avoid. If you can avoid sitting here during meetings at work, if you're going to, you know, facing these directions, if, if possible. Okay. Um, and then, of course, in your home, these are areas you're going to want to use for um, not so important sectors of your home. Maybe it's a living room. Maybe it's a garage. You know, maybe it's something like that, an area you don't tend to like use a whole lot. So unimportant activities, right? So the first one is going to be called your mishaps or your ho Huai, and it is the element of earth. And again, this sector, uh, the name is what it sounds like in this case. So it's a generally just kind of annoying mishap. So things kind of going wrong. It does say here, these are daily occurrences of miscommunication, hassles, obstacles, and accidents. Avoid important tasks in this sector and facing that direction. So however, it's said the area can be used if you are more diligent in your life. So it's about taking the time to recognize and stop these things from happening. And so if you have no other choice and you're in the mishaps sector of your home and you notice things are going wrong, just make sure you do kind of pay attention to those little things. And again, you can also position yourself within the sector and face your best direction. So it kind of negates that energy. Next is something called five ghosts or wukwe. So this is the element of earth and uh, the negativity of the five ghost sector is about like petty people, gossip, rumors, sabotaging, stuff like that. So I will say there is a yearly um, energy that's usually associated with the five ghosts also. And I, I feel like I accidentally activated that for my husband one time. I had him put some water out in an area and I knew as soon as I, I heard it running when I went to his office, he was having a lot of issues with, he actually owned the building next door and was having tenants uh, rent from him and they were giving him a lot of trouble. And so this is kind of the energy that this five ghosts will create, you know, uh, gossip, rumors, just generally annoying pettiness from other people. So try to avoid the wukwe or the five ghost sector of your home for important tasks of working. So you don't want to work and stuff like that because it'll bring it in your, your work life, you know, or in your office. And um, so just again, try not to position um, and uh, use the sector for important things such as work. And uh, yeah, you should be quite fine. 
The next one is going to be your six killings or your Liu Xiao, and that is the water element. And so the six killings won't kill you. You know, again, this is not a, a name. <laughs> doesn't say, it's not the, the, the name doesn't reflect the energy. Okay. So won't kill you, but it's one of the more negative or unlucky sectors. And so the other two are kind of like whatever, but the next two I'm talking about are going to be um, ones you definitely want to avoid. Okay. And these are energies that are harder to kind of negate. Okay. So this sector is said to bring about injury, lawsuits, affairs, sabotage, and illness. And uh, illness, not only illness, but the illness with the need for surgery. So avoid using this area for your bedroom, for sure, your stove, and working in the sector. So again, uh, we everyone has these four sectors in their home. Everybody does, okay? So again, just kind of looking at, you know, is this even affecting me in that way? You know, can I position myself in a good sector? You know, say you find out it's your bedroom. Well, now position your bed in a good you know, a facing direction for yourself. Okay. So, yeah. And so one other thing I want to add to the last one is going to be the life threatening Juming It's the metal element. And this is probably the most aggressive energy of the eight mansion. So uh, the life threatening sector is said to cause accidents and illness, but in extreme cases, as the name does imply, it can, uh, be a life-threatening type of accident. And so as with the unlucky directions, just avoid this area for the purposes stated above. Again, every home has these sectors. And so I do note here that you'd be best to remember that your external environment does activate the internal. And so what that means is if you have negative features outside your home, like corners or what are called poison arrows pointing towards your front door or to a specific sector of your home. If you have, you know, electric pylons, 5G towers, um, you know, those are kind of things we can't necessarily avoid. But one thing we can do is to look around our immediate environment and make sure we're not having a lot of trash and debris built up outside. Make sure we're caring for our yards. We're not leaving, you know, I, I mean, I see so many houses with the yards that are just tore up. And honestly, I feel like you can tell what's going on inside a house, by what's going on on the outside. And so for that reason, I mean, I keep my yard <laughs> looking good because the chi of like plants, the energy around your home can really, really help to kind of take care of some of that uh, Neg those negative features that may be in your near external environment. I know I I live within distance to a a, a radio tower. Right there's a radio station um, that's uh, about a mile away from me, and I can see the towers. And sometimes even at night, I can hear like the wind blowing through them it makes a weird noise. And so like I can't I can't control that. Right I can't control that. Um, we live in an age where we can't control five G towers and stuff like that. But just note that sometimes those can have a negative impact and. Um, but you know, what we can do is to, uh, improve our immediate environment in our yard and around us. So it's having a positive impact and it kind of negates some of that negative energy. So don't get scared. Okay. Don't get scared. Improve your outside. That, that's a really good thing to do. And a couple things to note about the eight mansion system of feng shui is that it's said to be a very long-term system of feng shui. And so that's one of the reasons I, I don't personally use it very much is because there's a faster, shorter term energies that can really give you kind of a boost, especially when you do things like wealth activations and, you know, kind of tap into some of those energies, right? It's almost like doing acupuncture in your home. You trigger a really good energy to support you. And so to me, eight mansions does take a little bit longer 
term to work. And so there's different system of feng shui, like flying stars is said to be like, uh, affect you at around the, you know, over a 20 year period. Well, eight mansions is said to affect you over around a 60 year period. So if you're in your home for a long time, to me, it's best used for things like estates, family homes, um, and, and houses that are going to be passed down to the next generation. And so Again, to me, those are just, that's, that's personally what I like to use. Um, if you're just starting out and you want to use like your power directions, um, go for it, you know, um, and you just want to start out with positioning yourself in favorable, your, your own personal favorable and unfavorable directions, then, I mean, heck, why not try it? Right. And, you know, maybe it, you, you find that that actually is effective for you. Okay. And so one of the other things to note is that, um, your heavenly doctor is said to be a fast acting energy. And so if you are having health problems, it is said that you can position yourself most of the time in your, that Tianyi, that heavenly doctor, um, and you can face that direction and it's really supposed to be quite effective. I've actually heard really good things about people using it. I've personally haven't, haven't had any clients use it and I've really haven't, haven't had clients with a lot of health issues. And so if you've had a lot of um, health issues, I would suggest you can try that and position your bed, um, you know, in the heavenly doctor facing that way. You could sleep that way. Again, you can store your medicine in that sector of your home. And so there's just like some different ways you can kind of use it. Remember, one of the things that is uh, most important to note is that forms will supersede a formula. And so we have to remember that when we start getting into things like eight mansions, that we are using what is called a feng shui formula. Now we're using the actual directions. And so we also want to make sure our bedrooms um, and our desks and all that stuff are in that commanding position. And we're, st we're using that first and foremost before the direction and location. Okay. So we're, we're actually using the, um, the, you know, the position in the room and we're, we're making sure that uh, it's, it's supported by feng shui forms. Okay. Um, one of the most notable things, and I know I've related this on the show is that, uh, I'm in the, the international feng shui guild, um, you know, and on those forums on, on Facebook and stuff. And one of the things that I, I saw a while back is that, um, they were talking about position versus location and uh, they had the, it was the student of professor Lin Yun, who is, was the person that brought the BTB feng shui to the United States. He was a professor out of Berkeley that actually taught feng shui. And so we're, we're actually honored to have some of the students of his in, in that group. But one of them mentioned that, uh, upon having dinner one time to honor this professor Lin Yun, that um, he was positioned in one of his favorable directions at the table, but he kept getting bumped into by servers. And, you know, um, he was like basically in the way, but they positioned him that way because they wanted to honor his, you know, favorable directions. And he actually said the location <laughs> will supersede the, um, the, that position. Okay. So again, you don't want to violate those feng shui forms and that commanding position that, um, is kind of the basis of feng shui to position yourself in a good spot in, in your, you know, your favorable direction, you know? And so if you still want to be seeing the door, you still want a solid wall to your back, you know, bed, not up against windows, if you can avoid it and stuff like that. So always follow feng shui forms and then we can tap into the formula. Okay. Forms will supersede the formula. 
All right, guys, I hope you learned a lot about eight mansions. Again, if you have any questions, reach out to me. I am I'm a nice person. I promise I'll answer all your eight mansions questions if you have any trouble understanding anything. So just shoot me a message again. You can always even just message me on WhatsApp and I'll, I'll chit chat with you. OK, so I, I'm here. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick sponsor break. If you listen on certain platforms, you may get an ad. Some you may not. <laughs> so that really is the best way to support the show. Also, is just listen to that quick ad from Spotify which I'm happy to have. So uh, we'll be right back with the Mooncake Festival and talk about the autumn equinox. Mid-Autumn Festival or the Moon Festival from ChinaHighlights.com. The Mid-Autumn Festival in, uh, is known as the Mooncake Festival or the Moon Festival, and it's one of China's biggest holidays. This festival is a joyous celebration with family reunions, mooncakes, parades, and lanterns. So this year in 2023, the Mid-Autumn Festival does fall on September 29th. The Mid-Autumn Festival is also a popular observance in many other Asian countries such as Japan, Korea, Malaysia, and Singapore, but sometimes they have different names. And the festival dates in these countries is usually the same as China. The Mid-Autumn Festival is held on the 15th day in the 8th month of the Chinese calendar or the Lunar New Year, or the, I mean, sorry, Lunar Calendar, uh, which is usually in September or early October on our Gregorian calendar. In the Chinese mainland, people usually have about a three-day holiday for the Mid-Autumn Festival using the two-day weekend for a five-day week for workers. So only really uses one day of a statutory holiday. So that's nice for them. Wait, do they get three-day weekends all the time? Hold up. Using two-day, two weekend days. Hold on. So, I mean, five days off sounds nice. Okay. So in Hong Kong and Macau, it says that the day after the Mid-Autumn Festival is usually a public holiday rather than the festival date itself. And that probably gives people to celebrate on the, uh, you know, prior night. So it's always nice to, I, I mean, I don't mind working a day and then I'm off uh, that evening and off the next day because you have time to recover. <laughs> <laughs> a little partying okay so the moon festival is not a public holiday official in singapore and malaysia so when i did travel to malaysia in 2018 i did notice starbucks actually had mooncakes which i thought was pretty interesting one of the most popular ways people celebrate is reuniting with family and friends and lighting lanterns buying and exchanging mooncakes, visiting temples, and attending a celebration events. So it does say here in cities such as Beijing and Shanghai, there might be a lantern exhibits with traditional stage shows. Um, in Singapore, it does say people usually enjoy traditional Chinese lanterns in a show in Chinatown, or they wander around the gardens by the bay to enjoy the exhibition of Chinese lanterns or stage performance of a traditional Chinese story at Chang'e and the Singapore Botanic Gardens. And we'll come back to Chang'e in a minute. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm saying that right because it's said a little bit better in the audio I'm about to play you, okay? <laughs> so they, they pronounce it nicely. Um, in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, usually dragon and lion dances, artists and youngsters performing dances in songs and I guess they have floats carrying around the seven maidens, including Chang'e and 
uh, in the Lantern Carnival. So Mid-Autumn Festival Lantern Show is usually held at a specific temple here. And in Penang, the River of Lights Lantern Parade is usually held in Georgetown. Besides the Lantern Parades, locals will also perform traditional lion dances and wushu or martial arts, probably like Tai Chi and stuff. So of course we know that the moon is honored during the moon festival or mid-autumn festival as is the goddess uh, Chang'e. And so um, here from the Beijinger.com it says you may have heard about China's mid-autumn festival and its relation to the moon before you even landed in the Middle Kingdom, which uh, refers to China. It says, um, however long before the autumn festival as we know it took shape, ancient Chinese had already started worshiping the goddess of the moon during the season. The tradition of the Mid-Autumn Festival was only settled when people realized that it coincided with the full moon. And so besides mooncakes, fruit is usually a popular offering for a ritual. And I guess this ritual is only performed by females. Um, it says here, since the goddess resides in the Lunar Palace. And I kind of looked it up and really the, uh, it's believed that um, the, or at least in folklore, that the goddess, of course, lives on the moon. And so I'm going to play a little... Uh, audio for you called The Legend of the Mid-Autumn Festival and How to Celebrate. As the legend goes, in the distant past there was a beautiful woman called Chang'e. Her husband Ho Yi was a brilliant archer. At that time there were ten suns in the sky and the people on earth were living in the blistering heat. To save the earth, Ho Yi used his bow and arrow to shoot down nine of the suns. Ho Yi was respected as the national hero and received an elixir of immortality as a reward for saving the people from the heat of multiple suns. However, the elixir only had enough for one person, and both Chang'e and Ho Yi didn't want to leave each other. But one day, one of Ho Yi's students tried to steal the elixir when he wasn't home. In order to protect the elixir from thieves, Chang'e took the magic elixir of immortality. Then she flew to the moon and became the moon goddess, leaving her husband behind. Alone on Earth, Ho Yi missed his wife so much that he made an offering to the moon and tried to find the shape of Chang'e on the moon. To remember Chang'e, Chinese people worship the moon by eating fruit and moon-shaped desserts called mooncakes. This is the legend of the origin of the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is also called the Moon Festival. Nowadays, the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is also a harvest festival, has become a family holiday like Thanksgiving. Chinese people celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival by having a large dinner with family, worshipping the moon with gifts, traveling, viewing lantern shows, eating various desserts, and flying lanterns to pray for their happiness and the happiness of their families.
Search China Highlights Mid-Autumn Festival to get more information. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode about eight mansions and the Mid-Autumn Festival. Again, let me know if you have any questions about your own home or, you know, whether or not you're applying eight mansions correctly just just shoot me a message okay um the audio today was used under the fair use act and for the link to the video and everything of course i will include in the show notes again shoot me a message if you have any questions and i will be back next week uh, we usually take the last uh friday of the month off and i'll be back in october for the October energy update. Can you believe that? I'm excited about October. I have a lot of um, interesting things coming up. I think I'm only going to have three shows. That's all I have planned for right now, but they should be some real, um, as they say, barn burgers should be some good stuff. So anyway, catch you guys um, in October. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com. Sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.